This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Travel Texas, which invites you to visit a place where you can find authentic adventures at every turn. Over the years at Outside Magazine, we've covered many of the unique experiences that you can only have in Texas. From camping in Big Bend National Park to world-class kiteboarding and windsurfing off South Padre Island, what comes through in all these stories is that Texas is really what you expect. I feel like it's a place of discovery. And as an editor, there's nothing more exciting than surprising and delighting my readers with something they don't see coming. This is my colleague, John Dorn, who found himself totally unprepared for the spectacular environment he encountered on his first trip to Texas when he visited Guadalupe Mountains National Park. It's a remarkable place. It's got a range of ecology and fossil history and wildlife and bird life that is truly stunning. There's something really special about the colors in this northwestern corner of Texas. The contrast of the yellows and the reds and the oranges that are flaming in fall color against the backdrop thousands of feet below you of Chihuahuan Desert, where you look out and see... Uh, sand dunes and salt flats and acres and acres of cacti. It holds a special place in my memory among the, the hundreds of backpacking and hiking trips that I've taken in my lifetime. Learn more about the many unique adventures you can find all across Texas at TravelTexas.com. From Outside Magazine. This is the Outside Podcast. Last month, we kicked off a new miniseries on the show called The Summer of Love. Created by Outside Magazine contributing editor Florence Williams, it looks at the surprising ways that our relationships with each other are catalyzed when we head into the wild. At least that's what Florence told me the stories would be about. And then she brought us this week's piece, which describes how the outdoors empowered one woman to transform her relationship to herself. Today, Melinda Spooner is the founder and CEO of She Travels, a new adventure travel company based outside of Chicago that designs trips and experiences for black women and women of color. It's the most meaningful work she could imagine. But getting here, for Melinda, that was a long journey. Florence takes the story from here. When she was in her early 30s, Melinda Spooner was working as a management consultant in a job she hated, and her mind and her body were rebelling. It was more than just burnout. As a Black woman navigating corporate America, what ailed her was both structural and existential. I literally would wake up and my waking thought and excuse my language in this moment, you can bleep this out if you need to, my waking thought every morning became, what am I going to fuck up today? Melinda had worked very hard to get to her position at a big firm in Chicago. It was prestigious, and it paid well. Her family was proud of her. 
And yet it felt so very, very wrong. I knew if I stayed in this role for another year even, I felt like I'm not going to have any friends left because I'm no longer social at all. I'm exhausted mentally and physically and emotionally. I have no desire to hang out, to answer the phone when friends called, to move my body physically in any way. I had gained a ton of weight. Melinda is four foot eleven. And when she worked this job, she reached almost 200 pounds. My whole life, weight has been a thing that I struggle with to define what good looks like for me. And being overweight, I'm very comfortable in my skin at 42, finally, regardless of what, what weight I am. But I was really unhealthy at that point and just encroaching and, and serious health issues. And it wasn't okay <laughs> not because of how I look, but because of my physical condition. Yeah. How did you know that? Did you did you go see a doctor? Yes. Um, so I saw a doctor and I actually ended up on antidepressants for the first time in my life. I was literally, I was like losing my hair. Um, it turns out I had some severe vitamin deficiencies in part brought on by stress. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a change, a change needed to happen. To figure out how to adjust her life moving forward, Melinda spent a lot of time looking back at where she'd been, what she used to be like, and what she was now missing. I am from Chicago. I am a city girl first, through and through. Chicago is home, always will be, even though I don't live there now. I grew up in subsidized housing next to Cabrini Green projects. Melinda's neighborhood didn't have that infamous urban blight of Cabrini. Outside her apartment, there were pleasant outdoor spaces where kids played. There was like a, like courtyards, if you will. And so within the five or six buildings that made up each pod or so, you know, the kids, we would hang out outside there as well and spend a lot of time, you know, making forts in the trees and <laughs> hanging out in those little uh, courtyard green spaces in the midst of, you know, the broader urban context in which I grew up. We also had opportunities. The job that my father had, he worked in youth outreach, Christian outreach, and they ran camps during the summer in places like uh, Minnesota and North Carolina. And so as part of his role, each summer we would end up up in the Blue Ridge Mountains hanging out in a mountain camp scene out in nature for a month at a time. Melinda was an excellent student, but the more she achieved academically, the less time she spent outside. After college, she earned an MBA at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern, then headed into the work world on a mission. My singular goal in business school was to come out and make a lot of money. And I ended up getting a job with a global consulting firm, and it was probably a couple of the most miserable years of my life. Some people thrive in that environment, and they do wonderfully, and they love it. I hated every minute of it. This is when the hair loss started, the high cholesterol, the self-loathing, and finally the antidepressants. And yet it was still a hard job to leave. Part of the calculus in my mind was I could keep doing this and keep earning money in ways that like I getting the paychecks the size I was getting was blew my mind. (laughs) Melinda reached out to her mom, admitting that she couldn't take the job anymore. She felt stuck and deeply depressed. They took a trip to San Diego together. 
And during a walk on the beach, she realized how bad things had gotten. I just remember saying to her, I just don't want to feel like this, but I, I don't know what to do. Eventually, though, she decided. I left. <laughs> I, yeah, I quit. I did not have a plan, which for somebody like me was unheard of. And, you know, my family was kind of like, wait, you're going to quit a job without another one lined up? <laughs> what are you even doing? <laughs> it just went against everything that I had learned, but I needed to get out of there. She found another job in management. But it was also stressful, so she switched tracks and took a job in education. It was better, though not much. Melinda was getting promoted, and with each new role, there was more responsibility that she didn't really want. She wasn't that much happier. And then, when she was in her mid-30s, she traveled to New Zealand with a friend. It was supposed to be an escape, but it turned into something much bigger. The breathtaking magic of the nature (laughs) was somehow bigger and better than what I even could have imagined. I thought, you know, every corner we would turn, I'd think, oh, it can't get any better than this. And then we'd go somewhere else and it would get better somehow. (laughs) It felt like it transported me away from any and all the things that were stressful back at home with the things I was in charge of and the challenges of work and life. And it just, yeah, it just transported me is the best way I know how to talk about it. One day of the trip was especially powerful. Melinda paddled a kayak out by herself from Abel Tasman National Park on the northern tip of New Zealand's South Island. It's a place of turquoise waters, limestone cliffs, and spectacular beaches. And there was something about like being out there in the ocean on that kayak and just being... Just being. <laughs> and just feeling like this feels so dramatically different than what it feels like to be caught up in the nine to five at home. And this is what, this is what life should be about. Everywhere you're looking around, you know, over here to the right, there are seal pups playing around the rock formation. Over here to your left is a beautiful white sandy beach with gorgeous forest behind it. Over there in front of you is mountains with the clouds behind them in a way that looks like a postcard. And just, there's, you can't possibly have anything else on your mind other than (laughs) this magic that's around you. How did that make you feel emotionally? I think at the time... I don't know that I I knew how to process it. And so in the moment, the way I processed all that was to think, okay, how do I make my life about this? It's kind of a life-changing moment. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I know it was. It planted seeds for me that, you know, 10 years later have really blossomed into a dramatically different life. When I look back on that moment, I think it was a catalytic moment that just shifted how I thought about my future. And even though I didn't come home and change anything dramatically, meaning, you know, I stayed in that, I think I was an executive director at the time for an organization. I stayed in that role for a while longer and then took on other more challenging roles. And it was a solid, like, seven, eight years before 
I had had enough of those type of experiences built up where I was able to create a more realistic picture of what would be possible for me outside of a world of living in constant stress because I was just trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. And also, I wonder if, you know, there was sort of an imaginative piece that was challenging because you didn't always see a lot of people like you in the wilderness. Yeah. My the my life trajectory has not put me in close proximity with many people, period, who made their livelihoods out of living and being in the outdoors. Images of people that I did see in, through media, through whatever... Yeah, they were all white people, usually very different, and not only in race than me, but like, you know, I'm 4'11", and I'm still a chubby girl, right? Like, I am not unhealthy anymore, but like, every picture you see of, in our, at least in the past, I think the outdoor industry is getting slightly better, but like... If you were to ask me to visualize a hiker, for example, even today, like the first image that comes to my mind is probably somebody Nordic looking with, you know, decked out in their REI gear and they're 5'11 and, you know, thin and muscular and blonde and... And hiking really fast. <laughs> yeah, and going very fast. Uphill. Yes. <laughs> and that that's so very different from who I am. And so... To this day, when I find myself in outdoor situations where it's me and a bunch of, you know, athletic, tall white people, I find myself working really hard to keep up or to measure up. And that's a lot of pressure. And it takes away from the joy of being in the outdoors. And it's internalized, I will admit, wholeheartedly. Like, there have been very few times when anybody externally has said, Melinda, you're not measuring up. As she spent more time having outdoor adventures, alternatives to a life of stress and office work began to seem possible. But Melinda's experiences also sometimes reinforced her negative feelings about her body and her physical abilities. There was this guided expedition where she went trekking in the Peruvian Andes when she was slower than everyone else. She ended up thinking that maybe she wasn't cut out for hiking. Maybe she even hated it. Still, she kept getting out there. And eventually she realized that she needed more than just time in wild places. She needed to be in nature with her own community. And so one year, she organized a small group of black women, and they went hiking in Yosemite. For the first time, she felt a deep level of support and affirmation on the trail. It changed everything. There was one hike that we were doing that was just brutal. And the downhill was super steep for miles. And... I was just in pain by the end, but like we literally, she stayed with me and went at my pace. And just that, that for the fact that she was there and that even though this is painful and there are tears going down, streaming down my cheeks because my, my feet are in so much pain right now, it's still wonderful because I'm here with this person who is sharing this moment with me and willing to talk about whatever and laugh together and cry together. And it just... For me, in that moment, that trip was one that really planted the seeds of like, okay, Melinda, you want to make your life about the outdoors? 
this is what it's about. This is amazing. This is what I, this is what I want. And this is what I want to create for other people. We'll be right back. At the top of the episode, we heard from my colleague, John Dorn, about a remarkable trip he took to Guadalupe Mountains National Park. Like so many destinations in Texas, the park offers a uniquely vibrant combination of wild country and rich human history and culture. As a journalist, I just think it's so interesting to be in a place and to write about a place where you're stepping in the footsteps of people who maybe 10,000 years ago drew the pictographs that are on the rock walls that you're seeing, to know that once upon a time our buffalo soldiers were patrolling this park and that it's part of the history of the Overland Mail. As a longtime editor in the outdoor and adventure space, I've written and or edited literally dozens upon dozens of stories about wild places. And when I think about how to tell the story, of Guadalupe Mountains National Park, the theme I keep coming back to is surprise and delight. You could say the same thing for so much of Texas, from the small artsy town of Marfa, which is surrounded by cycling routes to the capital and adventure sports capital of the state, Austin, where you'll find an abundance of trail running, mountain biking, and water sports. Learn more about the unique adventures to be found across Texas at TravelTexas.com. Melinda Spooner's trip to Yosemite with a small group of Black women inspired her to start thinking seriously about a major life change. But deciding to actually go for it and figuring out exactly what she'd do... Those were enormous challenges that were loaded with issues she didn't yet fully understand. Here I was in charge of big things, knowing that it stressed me out every day, knowing that I was generally unhappy being stressed out every day, but not knowing what what else to do. It felt, I think I, w- I had become a little bit resigned to, I guess this is just what life will be like until I retire, stressful. Those moments on Yosemite, I think, were probably the first time that I thought in a realistic way about, like, actually, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. Melinda reached out to a life coach named Tanya Williams, who she'd met through work. As any good coach would, she started out by asking, like, what do you, what do you want from this coaching? <laughs> what are you hoping to get, get out of this experience? And I think my answer was something along the lines of, I want to, like, gain the courage and bravery to walk away from this career that I know is not right for me. Tanya Williams had earned a doctorate in social justice education with a specialty in internalized racism. In her New York City practice, she specialized in working with Black women. In their conversations, Tanya helped Melinda identify how so much of what she was going through was actually caused by the larger social context that she'd been navigating for a long time. When it comes to, like, internalized racism, it's helping uh, clients understand their own identity within this being a raced being, basically. What have they learned about being Black? How do you feel about yourself as a Black person? 
And so that kind of digs in a lot deeper than just talking about race and naming that I am Black. It actually is going, it's like, so how do you feel about that Blackness? And what did you learn as a result of being in a system of racism? And how is that then impacting your opinion of yourself, but then your opinion also of others that look like you? That like vision of myself in a business suit that was formed 20 years earlier, I think I was just questioning where that vision came from and why I couldn't let go of that. Because I I known for a while that that person in that business suit was not who I I wanted to be, but the the reason for not being willing to let her go, I I had a sneaking suspicion had something to do with this notion of but I've got to measure up in society. I've got to be seen and respected and valued in some way shape or form and that version of me in a business suit was the internalized version of like how I in this brown body could garner respect and value in this world. Every time we got to have a conversation, it was seeing the real Melinda and the the kind, the brilliant, the abundant human. Um, and then really going after that If we are clear of the ways that we've learned oppression across any of our identities, we can tap into our true desires. And so some of my conversation with Melinda was really digging into, so what are your desires? What what do you want to do after this role? And I believe she said, you know, I have a dream of having a travel company. It became pretty clear early on that one of the things that I love is being outside in a community that is centered around the outdoors and nature, right? And so she just really helped me lean into that with a degree of specificity and helped just help me acknowledge that that was what was coming up over and over and over again. So it, it just became this beautiful unfolding not only from a place of another human actually believes in my dream, but we can also think about the ways that systems of racism, systems of any kinds of oppression has cut us off from our dreams. Our dreams are valuable, but if we don't, if we don't actually have access to them or have been told long enough that they are not valuable or that we are not valuable, They won't see the light of day. So for her, it was a lot about a shift in identity to be someone who could do that kind of work and could climb those kinds of mountains and trails. You know, she had internalized, right, a sense that she couldn't. People who never have said that they like the outdoors, they may be saying it because it has never been something that they thought was theirs. And what's true is... Nature, nature is a healer. And to cut yourself off or to be cut off from that kind of possible healing, I don't want racism to do that to us. And I think it also probably was about body size as well. And, you know, sizeism is another way that oppression works itself out. I am outdoorsy. I am the vision of what it means to be an outdoorsy person. Do I look different than what used to be in my head? Is that definition of who's outdoorsy? Yeah. But also, I am an outdoorsy person. Just getting to that, 
like like honing in on those things that were in my head but not but that I resisted or denied because of other messaging that was in my head as well. Sounds like it surprised you a little bit how strongly that kept coming up. Um yeah, I think it validated something that I think I knew already, but that just I was afraid to admit. And so it was a relief, I think, more than a surprise to actually be able to say, no, this is who I am. This is what I love. Earlier this year, Melinda officially launched her business, She Travels, announcing an inaugural trip to Yosemite in the spring. She believes that what she's offering, an opportunity for women to experience the peace and fun and self-inquiry that she's found in the outdoors, it's needed now more than ever. The ways in which Black women do gymnastics all day, every day, just to survive, let alone what it takes to thrive in white work environments, I feel like the there's just such a weight on so many of our shoulders, and I feel like it is a gift to be able to have that life-giving moment of putting that weight down and just getting to be just you. As Melinda plans more trips for She Travels, she's having no problems finding customers who want to spend time together in wild places. From the minute I first said this out loud a few years ago, I think I want to build an outdoor and adventure travel company for black women and women of color. I have yet to meet one person who has had one iota of skepticism. The typical response is, oh my God, yes, please sign me up. Melinda acknowledges that America's public lands have complicated racial histories, but she sees what she calls some necessary justice in groups like hers now finding safe spaces there. And while the idea of different races coming together and mixing harmoniously among the pines sounds nice, Melinda says that's not what she's offering. In the spaces in which it's still majority white, there's still a guard that is up. (laughs) And even though the nature is still wonderful and amazing, the conversation and the overall experience is not transformative the way that I find it to be when it's in a group that is a space of only Black women and women of color, because there's still this question of, well, if I say this in this moment, what is that going to spark? Well, I heard that person just say that over there. That wasn't okay. That was actually pretty racist, but I'm on vacation. Do I want to raise an issue with this right now? I don't know whose side everybody's going to be on, and it's just going to create drama. But then if I don't say anything, then I carry the guilt for not saying anything, right? And so it's like, it's a no-win situation where the opportunity for confidence building, for battling your own internalized stuff, the opportunity comes from the community that's around you and having just a truly safe space to be around people who get your experience. So it sounds like you're providing a space where people can process safely, Mm -hmm. but also where they could just be free of having to process. That, yes, that is exactly right. On a personal level, Melinda's choice to say goodbye to her career as a management consultant and go all in on adventure 
feels as good as she could have imagined. I feel like I am like moving with purpose in my life in a way that is I never have before. I feel just really centered and grounded and focused in such a positive way because I believe in the work of She Travels so deeply. And while it is a lot of hard work and it's a lot of hours putting into it, it, it doesn't feel draining the way that all the hours of work I would put into, say, consulting felt, you know? It feels like I go to bed tired at the end of the day, but like the good kind of tired where you have done important good things. I feel more comfortable in my skin than I have in a really long time. I'm healthy. My, you know, my cholesterol's down, all the things. Um, I move my body. It's my goal to move my body at least a little bit every day. And I am fortunate enough that I get to do that outside most of the time. And so, yeah, I just feel, I feel like the pieces are in place to have like a really positive impact in a way that that I don't know that I've been able to have before. And so I just feel excited and good. That was Outside Magazine contributing editor Florence Williams speaking with Melinda Spooner, the founder and CEO of She Travels. Florence produced this piece, which was edited by me, Michael Roberts, music by Robbie Carver. We've got one more Summer of Love story coming up soon. Look for it in the feed in early August. This episode was brought to you by Travel Texas. Learn more about the many unique adventures you can find all across Texas at TravelTexas.com. The Outside Podcast is made possible by the support of our Outside Plus members. Learn more and join at OutsideOnline.com slash OutsidePLUS. Outside podcast listeners get 25% off an Outside Plus membership with the coupon code OUTSIDEPOD.